This is Ursula Hogan welcoming you to News Extra on Scarif Bay Community Radio, where we feature interviews which go into detail on some of the events in the news this week. Milford Care Centre is holding its fundraising walk this weekend. The centre receives great support from East Clare and has helped many families from the region. Jim Collins spoke to Anne-Marie Hayes, fundraising manager for Milford Care Centre, about the work they do there and the details of the fundraiser. I'm joined on the line now by Anne-Marie Hayes, the fundraising manager of Milford Care Centre. Anne-Marie, you're very welcome to Scarif Bay Community Radio. Thank you very much, Tim, and good afternoon to all your listeners. I'll tell you, we're... um, I know we're we're going to talk about your fundraising walk, which will take place on this coming Sunday. But I suppose, first of all, Anne-Marie, you know, a lot of people know uh, and have great knowledge of what um, Milford Care Centre does. But uh, you might just remind us. Sure. Um, As you know, Milford Care Centre is in the community and we look after people in Clare, Limerick and North Tipperary. And the palliative care is a practice that is more directed towards improving quality of life for people in the community that are living with advanced, say, life-threatening illnesses. And, of course, the focus of the hospice uh, care is really patient-centred. And we're aimed at promoting comfort and autonomy and, I suppose, rehabilitation for uh, people and for families and especially for loved ones. So, you know, um, we look after the physical, psychological and um, spiritual aspects of care, particular of the individual needs. So, you know, it's we, we have the hospice inpatient unit, which is the specialised inpatient unit. Then we've the hospice at home. And what we mean by that is that our home care team are out in the community, as I mentioned, in Clare, Limerick and North Tipperary. And they're looking after people at home. So what we try to do is to mirror the care that we provide in people's homes, like we do here in the specialised inpatient unit. And we also have the specialist palliative daycare service so people can come in for daycare and use the services here and meet with other people and so forth. And, you know, I suppose not many people know, Jim, that we have our base on the Quinn Road in Ennis, which was newly refurbished last year. And that means that people can go to the base rather than come in here and travel all the way into Limerick because not everybody wants to come in or feel up to coming in. But, you know, people that might want to go in for physiotherapy or anything like that um, can go in and uh, meet with our team in Ennis. We also do counselling in Ennis in the base there. So, you know, we try to mirror what we do as much as we can with the outpatient unit as much as we can in the community and then of course people use the hospital uh, the hospice in here in the specialized unit as well i know and it's 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 marvelous really that we'll say in the that you can come into the community you know and that people with advanced illness can stay at home in their own surroundings um you know to to live out their days uh, in that in 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 that environment 
Yeah, and and that's what, you know, it's the people that like to do that they want to be uh, cared for. Uh, sometimes they want to pass away in their own homes, um, you know, and we bring the specialist uh, treatment, advice and support, um, you know, like we do in the inpatient unit to people that are located in their homes. So we would have bases in Ennis. We have Limerick, obviously, Nina, Newcastle West and Thurless. Yes. Okay. So, you know, some people may not realise that we have these bases and they might just think, oh, the inpatient unit here in Limerick. But we also have, um, as we, we them as the satellite bases. Yes. And, you know, I suppose as well, it's, it's good to remember that uh, you cater not just for, we'll say, for the physical and medical needs of a patient, but also the psychological and spiritual needs as well. Yes, and it's most important. And, you know, whilst we do care and very much patient-centred, you know, it's support for the family as well and for, you know, for loved ones, you know, because it isn't easy on the family either that's going through their own journey with their loved one. So, you know, it's vitally important that we provide the support mechanism to people both at home and here um, when they're in the inpatient unit. I know. And you mentioned there uh, advanced illness. And I suppose we often think of cancer in, in those circumstances, but presumably you're, you cater for any advanced illness that a patient might have. I was going to come to that gym and you beat me to it. <laughs> we, we do. Yeah. We do indeed. It's not just cancer because a lot of people think um, that it may be just cancer-related illness. It's not. It can be. Um, it's end-of-life care. And so what could that be? It could be um, motor neurons. It could be somebody with COPD. As we say, it, it's people that, you know, are at end-of-life stage. Yes. Okay. And tell me, I suppose we're we're talking to you now in advance of of the weekend's uh, fundraising run. But how important is fundraising to Milford Care Centre and Milford Hospice? Uh, fundraising is huge. Um, it's it's very important because it helps fund the services. Um, the target each year for fundraising um, to raise monies is roughly about two million. And uh, that's something that we don't ever lose sight of. You know, there's always going to be developments here that go on in the centre that, you know, we we have to maintain and the services that we provide in the community. Um, you know, it's it's. It's sadly, um, our services are in huge demand and, um, you know, it, put pre- it puts pressure everywhere. So that the funding is most important to help um, to keep it. It's vital. It's, it's, it makes a real difference, you know, and, and that's why we're there. Okay, and do you have a number of fundraising events? Uh, we'll get back to maybe next Sunday in in a moment, but you have a number of fundraising ventures through the year. 
We do. Uh, we have our 10K that's on next uh, Sunday and then we would have our other national events which are all the hospices throughout Ireland. For instance, Sunflower Days. Sunflower Days takes, takes place in June and with Sunflower Days, that is whatever funds are raised local stays local. So when you see us out with the sunflower boxes in June, that's for the hospice here in Limerick in the Midwest region and all the funds that are raised stay local. Then we have Coffee Morning and that's like Ireland's biggest coffee morning and that takes place every year in September. And then our most special event that seems to get... uh, everyone's attention and huge support is our Christmas campaign which is our light up a memory in December and uh, that's that's a very significant event for us because I suppose people love and think of their loved ones uh, at you know end of year and at Christmas time and memories and so forth so the light up a memory campaign tends to remember all our loved ones that have you know gone before us and may or may not have used the services of Milford Care Centre so you know it's it's very important to people and then of course Jim we have people year that go out there and raise funds from doing their own events maybe they could be doing the Great Limerick Run or they could be doing a head shave or a quiz night and um, all these funds come in then to fund the services here at Milford. Okay so you're you're really busy right throughout the year uh, in, in terms of fundraising. Absolutely. There's no yeah. break in this office, Jim. I know. Good. <laughs> Listen, uh, tell me, so what are the arrangements for Sunday? Okay. Well, the run and the walk, because not everybody, including myself, is into running, as much as we'd like to think we can all run, but we, we walk as well. And we're doing, it's a 10K walk, stroke, run, for those that want to run. And we're all meeting in UL. And there'll be plenty of stewards on board um, to direct people to the start line in UL. And it starts at 12 o'clock on Sunday. Now, we were looking at the weather earlier and it's cloudy, no rain, thank goodness. So uh, rain comes next Monday. So I don't mind it rains next Monday. (laughs) So it's amazing how the weather um, comes in our favour for this event So uh, it's expected to be dry and a lot of people come together and we do the walk, we do the run and it's around the campus of UL and some parts of it are on the main road. And then um, it's roughly about 10K, which should be done within an hour and a half to two hours. But it's monies that are being raised, as we say, to fund our services. And this money that we raise in January, it really helps us right through because our next event isn't really until June. Yes. You know, and, um, we, you know, we're mindful of all the fundraising and the activities that go on out there. So, you know, um, as I stress, the next fundraising event is in June. Yes, people do have church gates on our behalf out there in the community. Um, but really, the next main event from us is not until June. 
Okay. So um, this this 10K is hugely, it's vital for us and it's important. And, and that's why we're out there raising funds. So people can literally turn up. They don't have to register. They don't have to do anything. They can turn up on the day we'll be in the UL Sports Bar. Um, not in the Sports Arena because they have a lot of activities going on on that day. But we will be right adjacent to the UL Sports Bar and registration is taking place in there. Stewarts will be there on the ground to direct people to um, the registration desk. You can pick up your top and your race number. You will be direct to the start line and that's where it goes. Okay. And tell me, for for people who can't uh, turn up on Sunday or who are away or whatever, uh, can they still contribute and can they still uh, make a donation? Absolutely, Jim. We never refuse any money. Yeah, good. So (laughs) what they can do is donate online through our website. Um, the milfordcarecentre.ie website and just pledge a donation or they can do a cheque or a postal order or they may see a bucket somewhere or a collection box in a shop and say right I never got to do the 10k this year but you know what I'm going to put in two euros or a five euros in and this is my my time and that's what we find a lot of people do they might be able to get to do it now but later in the year they might be able to contribute and and that for us is just as much appreciated okay well listen Anne marie uh, first of all every good wish with the fun run or the walk this weekend and hopefully it will raise much needed funds for milford care center and thank you very much for coming on Scarif Bay Community Radio today uh, to tell us all about it. And we look forward maybe when you have other events during the year, you might give us a shout and we'd be delighted to promote them. We will indeed. And I just want to say a thank you to your listeners. I mean, where would we really be without um, your members in the community? And we never, ever lose sight of that. And their support, I mean, all your support to us throughout the year is truly appreciated. And I want to express our sincere thanks on behalf of the management and staff here in the centre for your continued support. So thank you. Okay, Anne-Marie Hayes, Fundraising Manager of Milford Care Centre. Many thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Bodaika Gunnalo Tumgraney Youth Club provides an opportunity for youths aged 12 to 17 to socialise in a safe space where they can prioritise how they'd like to spend some time while supervised by youth club leaders. Anita Ryan chatted with Helen Riley for Scarif Bay Community Radio about the club's work. Hello and welcome. Uh, my name is Anita Ryan and I present the Country Jukebox here on Scarif Bay Community Radio. But today with me in the studio, she having an interview with Helen O'Reilly, who is the secretary of the Bodike Ogunlo Tumgraney Youth Club. And Helen is here to tell us a little bit about the youth club for those of you that may not know. Good good morning. Good Helen. morning, Anita. How, nice to see you. We had an interview about two years ago um, and discussing the youth club and where you were at that stage. I think we were just in the beginning of COVID, I think, at the time. Um, and that kind of hit everybody um, very badly and very hard. And a lot of, um, I suppose, groups and um, organisations, it took a toll on them as well. Did You found 
that, Helen? Yeah, I suppose our youth club was set up in 2012 and is associated with Clare Youth Services. And there, you know, there are 50 over 50 youth clubs in Ireland, and we had quite great, good attendances, up to 20 pre-COVID, and then COVID came and there were restrictions on the amount of children that could meet, only eight at a time. And there, as you said, our last interview, we were organising the painting of a mural in our room below in the Chimgraney Parish House and that's turned out lovely and we had seven children doing that and they enjoyed it. It went on for the last week in August um, 2001 and since then I suppose we've lost momentum unfortunately. We have had two efforts at starting up the youth club but unfortunately numbers were low and these things they tend to run on the interest of the children and word of mouth and when Covid came we lost that momentum. Um, and some of our children aged out of it and then they may not have had younger siblings to encourage to come to it and it's just unfortunately one of those things but we're open to opening again at any time as I said I was talking to you earlier on about that people of a certain age will remember that Kevin Costner film Field of Dreams where they said build it and they will come for a long time we were homeless and Thankfully, we had the use of the Ugunlo Community Hall and the hall there in Scarf Community College, which was great. But now that we have a dedicated room, as I said, attached to the parochial house in Timgraney, we've built it and they haven't come, which is slightly awkward. But it is there going forward. It's a dedicated room which has separate access. And we had plans for a little kitchenette and a, a toilet facility so we wouldn't be encroaching on the parochial house itself. And the plans are still there and we have money in the kitty. But we just need to have interest from children and, of course, their parents, because we do provide supervised activities. Um, I mean, it's a volunteer-led service for children aged 12 to 17. The idea is to provide a space for them just to socialise, to work on their social skills, where there isn't the pressure, peer pressures involved in their normal everyday lives. You know, some children aren't into sports. Some children aren't into big group activities. They just want to sit down and talk to people of their own age, and that's what you're doing. Now... At the beginning of the, every year, we do organise a little list for the children to say what they would be interested in. And we had cinema outings, we had outings to Durg Isle, and we had pancake cooking here. In their, um, East Clare Co-op lent us their kitchen one year and they made pancakes to various degrees of success. So there are outings and they are driven by the children. But, and they are supervised by the adults, but it is very much a hands-off and they have to be driven by the youths themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, we're affiliated with Clare Youth Services and there is a new youth care worker in Killaloo that's only came in there during the summer and they're planning to have two and he's very open to coming out and talking to the children and or you know having discussions with them about anything they'd be interested in and I suppose that in itself is when they talk to children 12 to 17 that they're thinking about where they're going to go with their future just opens up their eyes that there are always other pathways they don't have to go down the college route necessarily and you know he would have ideas for that like that for them. Mm-hmm. And also the activities, Helen. I mean, a lot of children um, would be involved in sport um, and music, possibly. And, you know, with with some of the outings that you do and some of the activities that you do, it might be a, an occasion where a, a child gets to do it for the first time. Yeah, that's it. I mean, there is no huge expense. I said we have money in the kitchen. We've been very lucky with our um, applications for any of our grants. We've gotten money most of the time, to be quite honest. Maybe not what we were expecting, but we still got something. 
and that there's a very minimal fee. Even attending the youth club, we ask for a euro per night. It's not. You, that's, that's nothing. It's nothing, and really? it's a ten euro membership at the beginning of the year. And you know, if they put, don't bring the euro on the night, it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Nobody's standing there over them, going, "You haven't got your euro. You can't come in the mm-hmm. door." It's a very open system, um, and most of our outings, I think, the dearest one was five euros. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it might be two euros. Yeah. Um, yeah. The biggest cost would be a bus, but most of the time we find. Because of parental involvement, there'll be people giving lifts and you fit three or four children in your car, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, obviously with the volunteers, they are Garda vetted and they do child protection, child safety through Clare Youth Services. And that's usually a two evening event and Clare Youth Services have come out to us. We haven't had to travel into Ennis, which has been great Mm -hmm. um, based on the numbers. Which I think like anyone that, you know, um, has children that um, are going to any, not just the youth club, but any any events. I mean, you know, uh, I suppose in this day and age, it's nice to know that the the adults that are going to be with your child, um, your children, you know, are gather vetted and you know it, it it's just the way it is now isn't it oh yeah absolutely i mean child safety is at the height but you know and I, I know we could say we're all doing runs here there and everywhere and your friend says oh will you run my friend home the bus hasn't come and you go fine yes but i wouldn't necessarily know every parent that's my children are hanging around with and you know not everybody is happy for a stranger to pick up their children mm-hmm. and you need that bit of security in this day and age we all know hard we all hear the bad stories Absolutely. Um, um, and as well as, sorry, Helen, as well as um, like the, the, the leaders that are there, it's like any group. Um, you do need a, like a voluntary, you do need a parent there um, to help out as well. And I think it's, it's like anything. The more children that attend these um, groups, the more parents involved. Yeah. So the less duties, the less, do you know, the less times you're on the rota, yeah. basically. No, absolutely. I suppose we would be asking every parent, uh, every child, to at least bring one parent to volunteer. And there would be a rota, and you would need a minimum of two. Ideally, a man and a woman, just for safety issues, mm-hmm. gender relations issues. Um, it doesn't always happen that way, obviously. I found it tends to be more the ladies that volunteer than the men. But we did have a couple of male volunteers now, and they were great. You must admit that. Um for the heavy lifting and things like that, it were great. Um, and you do need that, and there is a volunteer rota. And generally speaking, it kind of worked out one because we held our meetings on a Friday. Um, it was generally one Friday and five, which isn't bad for an hour and a half on a Friday evening. Yeah. And you're really not doing anything because they're 12 to 17. First of all, they don't want you there. <laughs> Secondly, they want you to leave them alone. And really, you're just hovering in the background to make sure they don't get up to difficult. In an emergency, isn't that all yeah. you're wanted? Yeah, yeah, it's just like you were here go into the other room. Yeah, Do you yeah, know, yeah. but as you say, it's just to have a presence there yeah. because they are under 18. Yeah. They think that they're above and beyond that, but yeah. they need to know that they're not as well. Um, and um, so, like, we have here in East Clare, surrounded by, as you say, the, the Durgyle, mm-hmm. um, right on the lake, the mm-hmm. activity centre, there's so much for the children to do, so many activities. We're very, very lucky. We don't have to go oh, that yeah, far. No, no, we didn't have to travel too far at all. And as I said, I know that there are other constraints on people's time. You know, I know for my own, you have hurling, you have camogie, you have handball. But, they, you know, sometimes they just need somewhere to sit and just be mm-hmm. and not actually have a scheduled activity or being told you need to do A, B, C and D. They just need to sit there and go, oh, right, we can sit here for an hour and a half and just yeah. talk and not be doing things and it's not orchestrated and it's not controlled and they just get to exist for an hour mm-hmm. and a half mm-hmm. without, as I said, constraints of technology or 
group-based activities, unless, of course, I mean, obviously we do have activities based on what they want and what they say they want to do. Um, I suppose one of the big things about COVID is we did give in. Um, our air hockey table had to go because of hygiene reasons and things like that. And we have got an Xbox and we have got a television. And it, all along we were very anti-technology. You just have to go with the flow and that's it. Yeah, and that's yeah. sitting there now with an Xbox and I think we've got two games and, yeah. and, and we have a flat screen TV and an old couch and that's sitting there as well waiting for people to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I suppose really going forward we, what you're hoping is maybe a little bit of um, promotion of the youth club. It is there, the facility is there, the house is there, yeah. the room is there, everything is set up. Um, yeah. No, and Brian McManus would be our link person in Clare Youth Services. So even, I suppose, if anybody doesn't want to contact me, and Brian is always open to an email, drop an email or ring the services themselves, they're just there off the market. And, in a, um, and the youth club can always be started again. It is an awful pity. We just, as I said, we lost momentum. We didn't have the numbers to open it this year. You need kind of a minimum of 15. If you get 15 children on a night, you'll probably get 10. It's very seldom you get everybody because of other demands of people's time. Um, but the opportunity is always there to restart it. And I said, the money's in the kitty. It'll stay in the kitty mm-hmm. um, for if anybody wants to start up again. And the room is there. And I said, that mural we did there August before last, it's, it's just lovely. It's a really good job now. Um, we've got an artist from Six Mile Bridge, so a local girl as well. So we're supporting local industry. And the kids who did it, two of them were ageing out of the youth club at the time. The others were only coming into the youth club. And they all enjoyed it and they were covered in paint and actually I still have paint in the backseat of my car from bringing one of them <laughs> home. Um, but it was just something very different and it gives the opportunity to do something different because mm-hmm. none of them had painted a mural before. Um, and it's there. And, and it's, it's there. It'll, it'll always be there, you know, for yeah. them and, and, you know, the years to come. Yeah. And um, there's even a picture of one of my son painted his grandfather's tractor on one side of the wall, so that's there for eternity, <laughs> the David Brown. Um, you know, and it's just little things like that that just get them excited. Yeah. And their names are on the walls for painting it. So, Helen, um, the youth club is on a Friday night. A Friday night, traditionally we've had it on a Friday night. That's not set in stone. If mm-hmm. another night of the week would work for people, that's fine. I suppose it was a Friday night because it started the weekend off mm-hmm. and it was just a little let down from the week that they put down Monday, Friday, busy, school, go, go, go. Yeah. But that's not set in stone. If another night worked for people, that mm-hmm. would be fine. Mm-hmm. I suppose the large thing is, the big thing is to make sure if your child is interested in the youth club that you have to volunteer a little bit of your time. Mm-hmm. And that's the bit major thing because you can't rely on the same people all the time. We're all busy lives. Myself, I do shift work, so I'm not always around on a Friday evening. Um... I'm going to bed after this to be quite honest with you because I'm working tonight so you know that you can't rely on the same people and people get burnt out so it does have to be mm-hmm. if your child is going you have to give an hour and a half of your time once every five weeks once every five weeks and do you know like um, with 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 extra people you get um, new ideas um, and it's just everybody in on board isn't yeah. it and as well as that do you know what I think it's nice like I, I myself like would have been involved in various groups over the years with my three children and um, do you know what I think it's nice when you when you do um, go in as it's a couple of nights that you're needed to go in you actually see what's going on and you you know what it's a social it's a social occasion for you as well because you meet up with the leaders and you meet other adults y- you haven't you met before it's, yeah. it's funny I've met, met friends from going to you club even though it was my kids were going yeah. and I've met people I hadn't met before 
and you go, oh God, that's great. And you meet people and you say hello to each other since. Yeah, and yeah. so it's like a social interaction for the parents, never mind the children, you know, Absolutely. So going forward, now it has been on a Friday night mm-hmm. in the parochial house in Tom Graney. Parochial house in Tom Graney, yeah. Um, and it was, what time was it? Seven? Eight? No, it was um, half eight to ten. Eight to ten. Yeah. Okay. I just say, I mean, that can be changed, but you just need people to take an interest, really, yeah. and yeah. Um, sign up for it. So, anyone that's in, in interested, anyone that's Helen, interested, as I said, they can contact me. Um, my phone number is oh eight seven 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 six seven four four nine. Or if they don't want to deal with me correctly, uh, um, directly, they can kind of Brian McMahon as a Clare Youth Services. Um, he is over a lot of the youth clubs in Clare. And it's actually, we had a meeting there at the beginning of the year just to see about going forward and opening all the youth clubs. And it's an interesting fact. The youth clubs in West Clare are much stronger than the ones in East Clare. It's amazing. They have huge attendance. Yeah, yeah. And they have 20 and 30 attending their youth clubs on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And they have a lot of their children who have aged out come back then and volunteer because they can put it on their CV. Um, that's very good actually yeah. to have on a CV yeah it really is yeah um, and I'm sure because I know with other groups and, and, and sort of activities there's possibly an, an inter-youth club where the youth clubs maybe meet up do they yeah we never got to go but apparently a big money making opportunity for the youth clubs during the year to fund them their activities is the disco and in West Clare at the beginning of the year when they're setting out the dates for the disco there are fights <laughs> because there are certain dates that bring in more money than others. And apparently it's a great night out. And volunteers from every youth club go mm-hmm. so that they patrol the youth club, I suppose, yeah. to make sure there's no yeah. difference, as I said. Um, but, yeah, they have youth club discos and all different youth clubs attend and they bus into it. And, yeah, it's great nights out, Very apparently. Good. Yeah. Very good. So, you know, for anyone that is interested, I, I, I'll give... Do you want to give out your number again oh, there, yeah. Helen? 87 um, and that's they can message me or ring me I don't mind really yeah um, so really I suppose spread the word that the the Bodaiko Gunlow Tumgraini Youth Club is still there yeah. um, it just needs um, more people to attend us yeah we um, just need the children and the volunteers and we'll be ready to go again and I said we're open to any opportunities or activities people are interested in there's no set agenda or any of these meetings only that the kids have to turn up mm-hmm. and, and you it. know the kids will will post their own agenda oh yeah most absolutely. of the time anyway and they're happy to as you say it's a safe space yeah. and you know for a lot of the children um you know there isn't really too many places for them to go what? you know you don't want them going to the pubs yeah. yet um and you know this is a nice safe place where you know they're in they're warm they're dry they're with their own friends they're being supervised yeah. and you know they're, they're as you say whether they're playing games or whether they're sitting down listening to music it, it's a perfect place. It's like it, yeah, it's just somewhere for them to go to socialise and just be, and they don't have to be doing anything. Mm-hmm. They're just sitting there with their own peers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know. So listen, the very best of luck with it, Helen. Lovely. And, um, Thanks, Anita. Let's hope that it 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 continues for years to come. Thanks very much, Thank Helen. You, Thank you. Bye bye. You have been listening to a news extra on Scarif Bay Community Radio. Join us again next weekend, and we will keep you updated on local events. This is Ursula Hogan for Scarif Bay Community Radio.